Have you ever bought something and then later down the road been like, man, I spent a lot of money on crap. That's what Amazon's doing right now with Thursday Night Football. They spent about, what, $14 billion, and we've gotten Colts and Broncos in overtime, 12 to 9, and then we get the wonderful Commanders and the Bears, 12 to 7. We are getting some primetime games, let me tell you. Justin Fields versus Carson Wentz, Antonio Gibson versus David Montgomery. Well, at this point, it's Brian Robinson versus Antonio Gibson at this point. So that game was bad. That game was bad. Yeah, it's 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 not looking good for the uh, NFL on Amazon Prime. Um, if I were to tell you that uh, Carson Wentz would be outpassed by Justin Fields three weeks ago, you'd have been like, damn, what the fuck happened? Um, it involves this finger. Um, but on this hand, because Carson's right-handed. Um, if you like football on Thursday nights, odds are you could really entertain yourself in a majority of other ways, watching paint dry, um, cutting the grass, taking a Sitting nap. in a bathtub full of rusty nails. You know, Thursday night football is essentially just uh, – it's uh, it's football, all right, but I, I, I wouldn't stay up past 6 p.m. to watch it. The Commanders Carson- won this game. The commanders um, did win this game. That is that is a true fact with Carson Wentz going 12 for 22 for 99 yards. Brian Robinson scored a touchdown. That's that's wholesome. We do like that. Um, shout out to Brian Robinson for making a huge comeback after being literally shot multiple times coming back in six weeks. Well, longer as he was shot in the preseason, but you get what I'm saying. Um, Justin Fields ran all over the place. He was their leading rusher with 12 carries and 88 yards, threw for 190 yards, a touchdown and a pick, and arguably threw up an okay ball for Darnell Mooney, and he just didn't come down with it in the end zone. The Bears could have won this game. They went forward on fourth down, didn't sneak it in, um, missed a throw to Ryan Griffin, tight end. Whatever. You look at that play more, you realize Ryan Griffin is running through sand and literally just isn't moving at all. It's actually ridiculous how slow that man was moving for that touchdown to get missed. But everything just went wrong for the Bears this game. But this is kind of exactly what we expected. How do you feel? Forget the commanders for a second. How do you feel about Justin Fields at this point? Um, I think the Bears are very lucky. It's his second year in the league. And they're very lucky they have no other quarterbacks that are even comparable to start on the roster, as well as the fact they don't really want to win games. Uh, they just cashed out value for Khalil Mack. Uh, they have a lot of future picks moving forward because all the picks they did trade away in that Khalil Mack trade initially with the Raiders ended up costing them uh, like Nate Hobbs, Josh Jacobs, a bunch of guys that are either getting cut or not picked up for their fifth year. So, the Mac trade in hindsight does not look that bad. And so the Bears are in a, they're in a good spot. I don't hate Justin Fields. It sucks that he came in with the class where you have Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Davis Mills. But to sit here and say he's not better than Trey Lance to this point in their careers would be asinine. It would be dumb. It would be short-sighted. I, do I think Trey Lance could be a better quarterback than Justin Fields? Athletically, I think he's better built. I think Justin's a little small, but... I think slender quarterbacks have a better shot today than they ever have. 
Um, it's going to come down to giving him the correct pieces, obviously. Um, outside of Darnell Mooney, his other leading receiver was Dante Pettis. And yes, that Dante Pettis, the individual that could not outsnap anybody in San Francisco. And I'm talking about before Kittle broke out. This is a guy that was supposed to break out every year in fantasy and just never did. And uh, if you'd like Velas Jones Jr., congratulations, you're a part of the fan club. They're three strong now. The point is we cannot fully evaluate quarterback talent until talent is around them. Like if we if we were just eval evaluating the quarterback's baseline, you would think Trevor Lawrence should have went like in the third round last year with how bad he played. But then again, he was throwing to LaVisca Chenault Jr., who can't even break snaps over Terrace Marshall in Carolina. So while, yes, it's rough to be a Bears fan and it sucks and maybe Justin Fields isn't the immediate future, I think he has the intangibles and the ability to be a player that I could see starting weekly for whatever team in the NFL. But in order to find out who he truly is, he's going to have to have weapons on the perimeter and an offense that's going to actually make him throw the ball. Because 27 times tossing the ball around in an NFL football game in 2022 just isn't enough. The commander's over here with and Carson Wentz. I think Wentz. that's the most he's thrown all year, too. Exactly, exactly. Um, he's really, like... They have him playing a football game akin to, like, rookie year Alex Smith. I mean, like, strict game management. They have no – seems like they have no faith in his ability to actually throw the rock downfield. Yeah. And he is rushing the ball extremely well, 12, 12 rushes for 88 yards. He's able to move extremely well. He can get out of the pocket. He can escape. Um, he's going to have to develop as a passer, though, is the biggest thing. And it's very hard to develop year in and year out, week by week, if your talent around you just is not there. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. It... And for, for one thing he, on the commanders, I think Ron Rivera is on the thinnest ice of any coach that's left in the league. I'm surprised he hasn't well, been fired yet. Even well, with especially the win. after his comments. Even after the win, I just I don't I don't see what Ron Rivera being there for has anything to do with I think the only reason Ron Rivera is still the head coach is because Dan Snyder hasn't there to take heat off of him on a weekly basis. That could be the only thing that I could think True. of. Because this team sucks. They're not getting better. Wentz is out for the foreseeable future. Uh, cue the horns. It's Heineke time. But uh, it's th this team isn't going to look to win anytime soon. They have good talent. They just re-inked Terry McLaurin. Antonio Gibson is a punt returner now, which makes no sense. Seven yards of carry. Um, this team is mismanaged all to hell. And the defense just can't get their foot out of their ass. It's, it's, I think it's, the biggest it's thing, too, for the commanders will be that now that Carson Wentz is going to be out four to six weeks due to his injury, it should be Sam Howell starting. There's yes, literally yes. zero reason for Taylor Heineke to be a starter if Sam Howell is healthy. There is yep. literally zero reason that I should see Taylor Heineke under center on Sunday because we, we've just been through this book for the last two years. We know what we're going to get out of Taylor Heineke. It'll be fun at first, and then it's just not going to get you anywhere. You're already a two and four team. If you want to tank for Stroud or Young or Hooker or Davis, then go for it. But right now, just play Sam Howell. It, it, we we've said it how many times? It's like you have a young quarterback on your team. You got to know what you have going into the draft next year because if they do get a top five pick, do they want a quarterback? Maybe if Sam Howell isn't what they thought, but if Sam Howell is good, then maybe they don't need to get a quarterback and they get the best skill position. There's there's, yeah. it, there's a lot of – they would have a lot less questions going into the draft 
if they knew what Sam Howell was. The commanders have a problem that's deeper than just quarterback. This is a team that is hemorrhaging on defense on a weekly basis. Even whenever Chase Young was healthy last year, this secondary was god-awful. And I like Sam Howell. Sam Howell had Heisman buzz for the last two years of his college career. Uh, He's not any type of QB1 in any draft class, but I do think he's going to have some lasting power in a way at the NFL level that I don't know a lot of the guys in his class will. Um, He was hurt due to his – his mobility in college, he kind of relied upon his legs in a big way, and people were skeptical of his arm. But if he's going to produce for the commanders this week like he did in the pre- in this coming week or in the weeks where he's in Carson's stead over this portion of time like he did in the preseason, I think Sam Howell could be a spot starter to a really good backup in the NFL. For all yeah. the hype Gardner Minshew got in Jacksonville, I think Howell has the skill set to be just as good, if not a little bit higher upside because he has the caliber. He has the pedigree coming out of North Carolina in his college career. So I'm, if it's not how we'll starting, I, I, I don't know what Washington's really thinking about mm-hmm. unless they're just trying to tank. They don't want to win at all. And they're going to tank yeah. for like Stroud. I mean, their problems are so deep in the organization itself all the way up to the top. So it's just, who knows what's going to happen on a weekly basis in Washington. Yeah. Remember last week when we said we wouldn't be surprised if we were here talking about the 5-1 and one New York Giants? Well, Devin, one week later, we're here talking about the 5-1 and one New York Giants. They don't kick the other team's ass, but one thing they are going to do is beat you. Baltimore owned them in almost every facet of the game. or They racked up 211 rushing yards to New York's 83. They averaged seven yards per play compared to the Giants' 3.8. Outgained them for first downs. Their efficiency on third down was worse. Ran four. This Giants team is all about control, and Brian Dable has figured it out. Um, at the NFL level, you don't have to be better. You just have to have the ball whenever it counts. Um, if teams are evenly matched, uh, last possession tends to win. And Brian Dable understands that he has a talented unit, not an elite unit of football players, but like with Saquon Barkley, Kayvon Thibodeau, and that defense, this team has a very good shot any given week to play extremely competitive football, and it's showing. Uh, They're not beating themselves. They had three penalties to the Ravens' 10. They're just making the other team beat them, and nobody so far this season, aside from Dallas, correct, has been able to beat them. And the Giants just aren't beating themselves because, to be fair, for the entirety of this Daniel Jones regime, it's been fumbles here, interceptions there. Daniel Jones isn't turning the ball over. And dare I say it, he's looking like he could get an extension in the offseason. Obviously, it's not going to be a Kyler or Deshaun Watson market-setting deal. But if the Giants make the playoffs, they're better off giving him a four-year ex- a two- to four-year extension for like middling money. Like, give him a competitive offer because in the late first round, these first round talents at quarterback are not going to be there. Oh, and, no, not close. especially and, if they make the playoffs. Exactly. And at that point, they just they need help on the perimeter. If they can get Daniel Jones some wide receivers with this offensive line, I think Jones could be better off than a handful of quarterbacks, even in even in the same division that he plays in. Because right yeah. now he's 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 at least top two in his division. 
even whenever Dak comes back. I think he, Jalen Hurts, and Dak, in terms of how they're playing football, are relatively similar to outcomes. Like, obviously, upside-wise, Dak and Jalen are on a different level, but Daniel Jones is nothing to shake a stick at. He's playing incredible football, and DeBowl has this team operating at all cylinders. The NFC East is 16-7. and seven. And the Commanders are over in the corner eating glue. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they literally did everything right towards the end of the game when it mattered. They've made the second half adjustments almost every single win outside, you know, literally outside of the Cowboys because the Cowboys are probably the best defense they've faced out of those six games, I'm pretty yeah. sure, um, to set a bar very high, obviously. But they got Lamar to throw a bad pick. They stripped Lamar two plays later. They did exactly what they needed to do when it mattered the most. And that's all they – they had three penalties. Three penalties all day. They're playing disciplined football. Three penalties for 25 yards, only turned the ball over once, 50% on third down. It doesn't have to be flashy. You just got to win. And they stepped up when it mattered the most. And the Ravens, yet another blown game where, like, we were just talking about it before we went live, is that, like, Mark Andrews is great. Don't get me wrong. He's, you know, Kelsey to Mahomes, what Andrews is to Jackson, but Mahomes arguably has better receivers. He does. Lamar's, yeah, I don't Lamar's thrown to Devin Duvernay, and Rashad Bateman's not healthy. And there's just nowhere really for Lamar to go. And if he's contained and you triple Andrews, Devin Duvernay has to beat you? Like that's so that's asking a lot. Out of the top one, two, three, four, five, six receivers for the Ravens on Sunday, two of them were wide receivers. You have three tight ends and a running back leading the way. Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson. And Duvernay had one catch, Demarcus Robinson had three. Lamar's playing with the spare parts that Patrick didn't want to play with anymore at this point. Like Demarcus Robinson yeah. was a Kansas City Chief two years ago. Like, I don't know if you got a Change something in the front office. You already fired uh, your defensive coordinator. Wink had his day in the sun uh, for the Giants this previous week. But something's not right. You're not going to fire John Harbaugh six games into the season. No. And I don't think you fired John Harbaugh. It, it would take a lot for John Harbaugh to be let go. I, I also eat. just don't think it's John Harbaugh's fault. I don't, think this, I don't think the scheming's wrong. I just don't think the talent is there. That's... They're, they're, I, th this Ravens team is more talented than the Giants. And I think defensively, the coordinator they have in place, firing Wink Martindale was the biggest overreaction in the NFL over the last three years. Letting him go was just completely – I was dumbfounded because Wink Martindale has turned this young, dynamic group of Giants defenders into one of the more exciting units in football. While, yes, they bend far more than the Cowboys, Niners, or Eagles, they really don't break on a weekly basis. And this is a, this is a unit that let go of James Bradbury. They traded him away. Like this is a unit that lost talented skill positions, but they also gained stuff. Well, the they they were down J.K. Dobbins again. They've been down Gus Edwards. They were down Rashad Bateman. I'm not Ronnie saying Stanley they're not can't play concurrent. Ronnie, yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying they're not talented across the board, but most of their talent isn't playing. And I like, understand. Once, once Lamar gets contained, and like I said, you triple Andrews. Duvernay didn't beat him. He was missing but, passes to Duvernay. Like, Duver like, Duvernay was targeted in the end zone multiple times. Without Justin Tucker, this Ravens team is not a contender. And I don't think that's hyperbole. <laughs> Genuinely, they lost this game by four points. If Tucker makes the first field goal of the game, 
I genuinely think the Ravens pulled this one out because they're not playing for a touchdown in the end because they're right. down four. They're, they're, they're just trying to get within like a 60 yard range. And that's, that's the ultimate thing. And that's how they've won a couple of the games to start the year. They won yeah. a game by Tucker just shooting one, the Bengals game. They won that game because Justin Tucker is Justin Tucker. If you take Justin Tucker off of the Ravens, I think they're, they're the second best team in their division. Obviously it's, it's just, this is a house of cards and I don't know if the offense getting healthier is going to help much because Rashad Bateman only does so much. It's going to come down to Dobbins in the offensive line or even Gus yeah. Edwards because their identity has been running the ball and mm-hmm. they just they really can't, can't. They can't do I mean, it right now. Kenyon Drake had a great day. But you can't count on Kenyon Drake every Sunday. No. And then, like, at the same time, Lamar ran the ball seven times. Like, the thing with the Bills is the Bills, if their running backs aren't getting it done, Josh Allen's getting 10, 12 carries. Right. Like, either own it with Lamar and run him or let him air it out because 32 passing attempts for Lamar feels a little pedestrian in a game where Daniel Jones threw it 27 times. It's I, – I just want more from Baltimore in a really weird way. Yeah. Having Matt Ryan throw 100 times a game was bound to work at some point. I'm just saying. Matt Ryan threw the ball. 58, 58 times. Time. Yep. 389 yards and three touchdowns. Why did the Colts win this game? Because they didn't turn the ball over. That was their problem most of the time. Matt Ryan was fumbling. He was throwing interceptions. He was turning the ball over at an insane rate. They made a good comeback on the Jaguars, scoring 15 in the fourth quarter to the Jaguars' six. Um, the Colts played okay, seven penalties, but only 52 yards. They ran more plays. They lost time of possession, but 10 for 15 on third down. Not too bad. 60, 60, 66%, whatever you want to call it. But really the biggest problem for the Colts all year was turning the ball over, and I feel like they did exactly what they needed to do. And Deion Jackson, 10 catches for 79 yards. Michael Pittman, 13 catches for 134 yards. They had no run game, but they were heaving the ball all day long. And I, I just don't know how many times I'm going to say this, Devin. Travis Etienne carried the ball 10 times for 86 yards. He averaged 8.6 yards a carry. Yeah, be patient. Why, why does Travis Etienne out. not have 20 carries a game? Jamichael Hasty got a carry and broke off like a 45 yard. I was yard pissed. Touchdown. I was pissed. I saw that <laughs> highlight and I was like, damn it. Like, good like, for him. I was like, I didn't even know he was playing still. I was like, this dude's still. Me neither. It's like, that is crazy. It's like seeing Carlos Hyde in an NFL uniform in 2020. It's like, what the fuck's happening? Um, the Travis Etienne thing, he is the more talented running back. Comparatively to James Robinson, uh, Robinson was more efficient this week at four and a half a carry. I genuinely think we're going to see at some point this year a turn akin to whenever Carlos Hyde was on the Browns and Chubb started to have, they're not going to trade James Robinson. That would be dumb. But I think at some point there's going to be a turn and we're going to see ETN finally become like a fully featured player in terms of he had. 12 touches this week. I think he's going to be between 16 to 17 in the next six weeks or so. And I still think James Robinson in that role could be 15 to 16 himself. Because the best best weeks for the Jaguars, ETN, Robinson, and Kirk have to touch the ball. Zay Jones as well. 
But beyond that, that, those are the mouths that have to be fed. And I think they're the best options for Jacksonville. Their biggest problem coming into this week was just having to deal with uh, Matty Ice throwing on the throwbacks. Um, Three touchdowns, almost 400 yards. This dude's a former MVP, and he showed us this week. And it's not like he threw 58 times and had 20 completions. He completed the ball 42 times. Pittman had 13 receptions. Uh, This was the best showing that we've gotten from this group of pass catchers in the longest time, in a very long time. Paris Campbell came out to play this week, which is surprising. Alec Pierce, another touchdown from the rookie. Michael Pittman didn't get a touchdown, but he had a 10 yards of catch on 13 receptions. This is what the Colts should have been from the start. And if their offensive line can continue to improve and protect Matt Ryan and actually stay healthy by the time that Jonathan Taylor's back to 100%, they are probably going to be the best in this division moving forward. Because, yes, they allowed 27 to Jacksonville, and they got skunked by Jacksonville before. But if their offense can put up 30-plus, whenever Shaq Leonard comes back, I think this defense takes a massive step up. You still have DeForest Buckner. You have Kenny Moore, who's one of the best slot corners in football. Stephon Gilmore is showing himself to be still a lockdown caliber player whenever it comes down to it. So while I'm not the biggest fan of this Colts team, and I was out on them from the start of this year, there's worse places to be than on the uh, wrong side of history with this Colts team. Um, It was different last year with Carson Wentz because it was more so just really terrible timing. But if Matt Ryan's just got his seven picks out of the way and we're not going to see him play that bad again, this team is really good and extremely talented. Three and out for the Broncos start the half. Love to see that. I love it. I was stressing whenever I, if I looked aloof earlier, I have the chargers game on as you can tell on my hat, I'm stressing, but um, man, I, they almost yeah. scored a touchdown with a minute left. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna lose to my dad in fantasy this week just because I I, I got cute. It, it is what it is. I I need to let him beat me at least one week this year because I beat him both <laughs> matchups last year and he beat me in the championship. He had Cooper Cup and Debo Samuel with Michael Pittman, so there oh wasn't God. much I could do. And it, that's the weird receiving yards league. So it was like Cooper Cup was like fifty a week. It was like I want to die. Somebody kill me. I still. Real quick, I still love the Jaguars. I still think they're a good team. They're putting up a fight just about every game. And honestly, they had this game in the bag, and they kind of their defense just let up a little bit. Um, Trevor Lawrence only threw the ball 22 times, so they did deviate from their game plan a little bit of having him heave the ball over and over and over and over. Um, he went 165 for a touchdown, but they were efficient on the ground. ETN got yeah. 86 yards. Michael Hasty got 57. James Robinson got 54. Trevor Lawrence got 23. Jamal Agnew had a 19-yard uh, run. They were they were really efficient. They played a really good game. I think they're probably the best two and four team out there right now. I, I think they oh, can yeah. really. I feel like they can really beat anybody. I, I have no problem yeah. picking them week to week. Jacksonville, in my opinion, we said I said this before the season started. I think Jacksonville is the thorn in everyone's side in the AFC, including the Chargers. I think if you're not going to come up to play them, they're going to kick your ass. This is a team yep. that can punch anybody in the mouth. And if you're not ready to eat that punch, they are going. This Jacksonville Jaguars team went up against a comparable NFL defense and scored a touchdown, effectively a touchdown, every quarter of the game. They had two field goals, I'm assuming, in the fourth quarter with six points. They just scored a touchdown, went for two. But this Jacksonville offense can play football. 
and their defense has shown uh, capacity to be able to hold teams to respectable point totals. So, yeah, this Jacksonville team should finish around 500. I would be surprised yeah. if they're not at least seven wins whenever it's all said and done. Boy. Uh, we were so off on – well, to be fair, to be fair, Jacoby Brissett is Jacoby Brissett, and we really, really, really were high on the Browns because the defense was firing – Amari Cooper had us salivating, and Nick Chubb is that dude. This Patriots defense isn't that bad. This Patriots defense is actually quite good. I want to talk about Bailey Zappi. 24 for 34, 309 yards and two touchdowns. Are we looking at Brady and – Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I mean, Mac Jones got knocked out. Bailey Zappi comes in. They're going to trade – I've read trade, this book before. They're going to trade, trade Bailey Zappi for like a two Uh-oh. first rounders to like the commanders. I don't know. I th- This is great for Belichick. He loves having disposable quarterbacks. So Mac or Bailey, congratulations. Uh, you are now a Washington commander. Um, this is how it works. Uh, Bill Belichick sold something somewhere down the line to uh, just in- inherently make him a genius whenever it comes to drafting quarterbacks, whether it be in the first round, the 15th round, uh, the compensatory draft. It does not matter. Belichick finds value regardless. Um, speaking of value, Ramondre Stevenson is that guy. Um, I'm per, I'm a person that's been kind of singing his praises since before the season. He is supremely talented. I've I've been hearing since before the season started. He had the capacity to fill the uh, pass catching role that was left by James White, and little did we know he can also fill the role that's left with Damian Harris getting hurt. 76 yards on 19 carries and two scores. Pairing that with four receptions for 15 yards, Damian Harris has arrived. He's a big back. He can catch the ball to the backfield, and he's deceptively fast. The thing with Patriots quarterbacks is regardless of who's starting, they're going to look good, and that's just the point, unless you're Cam Newton. If you're younger and you you fit Bill Belichick's scheme, he is going to scheme you into competitive football. You could stop me if I'm wrong, but we saw it with Jimmy. We saw it with the year of Matt Castle, even a stint with Jacoby Brissett. It's how this thing works for the Patriots. So 24 for 34, 309 and two scores is incredibly impressive, and I'm not going to take that away from him. But what else were we expecting from a Bill Belichick-led offense? The ski- the You scheming. get what I'm saying? Yeah, he he is able to – Bill Belichick will never make his quarterback play outside of his means, which is why Bailey Zappi has translated so well. You see, the Ravens built their teams around Lamar Jackson and so on and so forth until the end of time. And so that's the biggest thing for this Patriots team. We've got Bailey Zappi being schemed correctly and playing with very talented players. This was more on the Browns than I think the Patriots. I think the Browns are down Jadavian Clowney. Uh, Miles Garrett is now the all-time leading sack artist for the uh, Cleveland Browns. So that's great for the Browns, but it's it's a down week for the Browns. Jacoby's turning the ball over more than once. You're not going to be playing competitive football because this yeah, offense. That, that's a big thing too. They don't play from behind very well. Yeah, well, you you have the most efficient ground game in football with a guy like Nick Chubb, and that's great. But you gave him the ball twelve times. You were down way too early, and you had to play from behind. With Amari Cooper as your one and Donovan Peoples-Jones and uh, the other Peoples-Joneses of Cleveland behind him, it's, it's just really hard to play fast-paced football. So, yeah, it's 
if if they go down big, it's it's really hard to keep yourself in the game, and especially with the Patriots secondary. Jack Jones is another Belichick gem in the later rounds. He's got like three picks to start his career this year. So Patriots aren't dead. Is that, yeah, the Patriots definitely aren't dead. And Bill Belichick is just so good at scheming on offense and defense. Amari Cooper got targeted 12 times. Mm-hmm. He had four catches. Amari Cooper at home is like a different entity. And Bill Belichick knows that like, oh man, Brissett absolutely peppers this dude week in and week out. Yep. Who am I going to take out? It's Amari Cooper. He took out Amari Cooper. Look what happened. He turned the ball over twice, and it was kind of the end of the story at that point. He kept trying to um, – the flag. Roughing, roughing the passer. Uh, it, it's fair. Russ got one earlier that I thought was a little bit <laughs> icky tag. At least they're call, at least they're calling it honestly. Man, the roughing the passer penalty should be the worst one in football right now. Uh, they they could have yeah. gotten a uh, dude for – ah, that, yeah. Ooh, that is so tough. That is genuinely terrible. I'll take the yards, but wow. Okay, back to yeah. Patriots Brown. Sorry, but yeah, the the Patriots are just playing really well right now. They get the Bears on Monday Night Football, so they're in a really good spot to maybe sneak into the playoffs. It really depends on how the Dolphins can bounce back on Sunday night with Tua. They uh, will get to them pretty soon, um, but they're you, can, you can never count them out. You really can't. Ramondre, you talked about Ramondre Stevenson. He's that dude. Ramon, oh, I love Ramondre. As, as long, 76 yards, two touchdowns. As long as Harris is out, Stevenson's going to be a top back in the uh, AFC East alone, maybe even the NFL, in terms of just usage and talent. I think yeah. Harris, Harris didn't even get his fifth year picked up, so I think Stevenson is the guy for them, and I think that's been how it's perceived since the start of this year. But obviously you're not going to run the guy that you want to keep into the ground. But speaking of running into the ground, man, uh, Tennessee took a goalpost. Joe Burrow took New Orleans' uh, hopes and dreams because, man, the Bengals really almost let this thing get away from them. And it really, they really way. did. But if there's one thing I know about the Bengals is they can play incredibly average, but Jamar Chase is one of the most above average receivers in the NFL. And the 650-yard touchdown that Burrow threw 10 yards to him is complete evidence of that. Um, However many times I have to watch that play, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like It's it's absolutely nuts of how, how good Jamar Chase is. As somebody who lost to Jamar Chase last year in fantasy because of the KC game that I don't talk about, it is my absolute pleasure to roster him in like six of my leagues. Jamar <laughs> Chase is absolutely electric. Uh, T. Higgins, I'm happy to see him on the field again. Um, but... What I don't think we expected much else. I was surprised the Saints played them this well. Whenever you're not starting your starting quarterback, whenever uh, Jameis, Michael Thomas, Olave, Landry, um, Lattimore that's that's the best IR I've ever. That's the best Olave didn't play the entire receivers room. They the the Saints were so banged up. The only rushing touchdown scored was by Rashid Shahid. Like, have you ever heard of that name? I have not. It, it, it He wears number 89, went 44 yards for a score, his only touch in the game. I would I would just like to publicly apologize to everybody who started Taysom Hill um, because since I started Taysom Hill this week, he didn't score. So we're going to drop him, and he's going to put up three touchdowns next week. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. 
Um, so no Taysom Hill vulture touchdowns, but that means no Kamara touchdowns either. I will give Dustin Hopkins my hamstring, whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, bolt up, baby. No, yeah, but um, this game was probably the most exciting one of the week. There was a bunch of like underlying storylines to it. Joe Burrow's first game back in New Orleans since he played at LSU. It's it was just fun football. Like twenty six thirty is the it score that you would love to see every Sunday. Uh, New Orleans took it to him. The Bengals had to come out in that fourth quarter and actually put on. Um, Burrow had a rushing touchdown, threw three through the air. Burrow had his biggest week of the year so far. And the Bengals are actually in a really good spot. Um, the Giants beating the Ravens might have opened the window for them to repeat as the AFC North champions. Because, 100%. well, yes, I do like the Ravens over the Bengals, even on paper still. It would be dumb of me to not acknowledge the fact that the Bengals are able to tread water better than a lot of teams in the NFL because they aren't as good as a lot of the teams at the top of the AFC, but they're just as talented, if that makes sense, yeah. especially on offense. They have the talent to, as Jamar did, take one 60 yards and change the entire complexion of the game. And so far this year, the big plays have not been as prevalent, but like we saw this week, if you let Jamar get loose, it is a whole can of worms. Well, that's the thing. They were really struggling with T. Higgins being out obviously creates a problem. Yep. And Hayden Hurst was banged up a little bit. And you were seeing them force feed Jamar Chase behind the line, two yards out, five yards out. And it just wasn't really getting them anywhere. Everybody was ready for it. But then you see what happens when T. Higgins is there and makes an impact. And when you don't prepare for the big chase plays – if you, it, it's always going to be there. It, it's just he's that good. He threw the ball ten yards, and he went for sixty. Jamar, that that skill base for Jamar Chase is always going to be there. It's always going to be prevalent, and it has to be in the back of your mind because it can change a game so fast. And that's exactly what it did. It kind of turned this game on its head because the Saints were up. The Bengals were playing from behind. The Saints were up twenty to fourteen at half. And they allowed up 16 more points because Jamar Chase burned them bad. I mean, Lattimore yeah. was out, so it would have been nice to have Lattimore cover Chase. I don't know if that makes a massive difference. It could. It could not in the grand scheme of things, but the big plays hurt. Uh, Saints got to play on Thursday, so I'm not really – if they're still this banged up, I really don't know what they can do right now. They're kind of just in a shitty spot. Of Yeah. I, I wish I could see Jameis playing right now, Michael Thomas, all of them. I think they had a great team going in, and they could, with the way the Bucks were playing, maybe have won the division at this point. But they're just so banged up; it's hard for them to compete at this point. This Saints team, this Saints season, is the penance for all those years of Sean Payton just milking Drew Brees of every ounce of his arm talent. Speaking of arm talent, if you were looking forward to baseball tonight, the game is postponed. Um, back to football, yeah. Austin. I just saw it on Twitter, so I was like, oh, man. How am I going to live with that? Build a roof. Build a roof. What kind of stadium's good enough to not play baseball in? Yankee Stadium. Well, in a Little League park, it floods a lot easier, so you never know. Yeah, it happens. I, you, you hate to see it. I didn't play on during rain as a kid, so I shouldn't expect other kids to either. <laughs> Speaking of uh, playing with uh Speaking of kids playing something Tom Brady might not see anytime soon. Um ah uh, yeah. Is that too low? Is that too low? Is Tom Brady getting old? Is Tom Brady losing it? Tom Brady lost to Mitch Trubisky? No, I'm kidding. The, the How many times do we have to tell you this, old man? 
like, oh man, go ahead. Just, just go ahead. I, I wasn't able to see any of this game. I just saw the final score. Then I saw Mitch came in. I was like, did Trubisky die or did, uh, did Pickett die? Was he that bad? Like Pickett got concussed. Um, he went, he went 11 for 18, six, seven yards and a touchdown. He didn't play too bad. They went for it on fourth down on their first drive and passed it off to Najee and Najee took it all the way for like 15 yards. I think they, they were yeah. like the 15. Um, so they played really aggressive there. The Bucks did not run the ball very well at all. 21 carries for Leonard Fournette, 63 yards. So he averaged three yards a carry. Rashard White only averaged three yards a carry. Um, I think he got hit a couple times. He got hit a couple times. He was running for his life a lot. As you saw, probably he was yelling at his O-line that they are better than, you know, how they were playing. The Steelers were beat up in the secondary, and they still played this game really well. Brady threw for 243 and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, six catches for 95 yards. Mike Evans held the four catches for 42 yards. Leonard Fournette got the only uh, reception touchdown. But Mitch Trubisky came in, 9 for 12, 144 yards and a touchdown. I, I don't know I don't know what they injected into Mitch maybe, but he did just enough to keep Brady off the field. This, this was really a just enough game for the Steelers. And I mean, we say it every week. It's hard to count the Steelers out. It's hard to count a Mike Tomlin team out. Um, so I'm not like insanely shocked they won this game, but the Steelers were one and four going into this and the Bucks had been playing some decent ball for sure. It <sighs> I don't know. I really don't know how to about. I still know how I feel about the Steelers. I still don't think they're an outstanding team, but any team can win any given Sunday. This is just how football works. This really raises questions for me about Tampa Bay at three and three. They lost to the Packers. They've lost to the Steelers. And who's their other loss? Uh, They beat Atlanta last week. Just trying to remember as I scroll through here. Loss to the Packers. Who was their other loss? It was. They beat the Saints. Beat the Cowboys. Oh, they lost to the Chiefs. That's right. So they've lost three in a row. Yeah, it's it's definitely a detour for uh, Tampa Tom that he didn't fully expect. Um, what else can you expect from a forty-five-year-old that had like traveled over like so many miles in a like three-day span? He didn't fly out with the team. He went to Robert Kraft's uh, wedding over the weekend. Uh, congrats to the eighty-one-year-old Robert Kraft and his new bride. Um, but yeah, Tom Brady is living the life of a celebrity, and when he's still playing professional football. Um, I'm sorry, Tom, but you're uh, you're still you're, you're not 25 anymore. You can't you can't keep doing these things. Like your body is going to eventually catch up. And I'm not saying it caught up this week, but if you're not going to take it as seriously as you did in the past, you're bound to have a clunker once in a while. And the Bucks' defense is one that can be had. Their secondary isn't my favorite in football, and they're down a couple of important guys on their line over the last couple of years. This is a defense that is not bad, but they are far from, I would call improved. Uh, The offense is as prolific as it has ever been. Maybe besides last year, whenever Antonio Brown had his head on completely and his helmet was on, on the field. Uh, But it's just tough. The offensive line is really in shambles. 
and that's a huge Derwin James sack. It's it, any team can lose any given Sunday, but the Buccaneers are looking in really rough shape at three and three because this division sucks in the NFC South. So the it's Bucks awful. are still a favorite to win, but if they're if they're playing any other division, like this feels akin to whenever Tom Brady was in the AFC East before Mark Sanchez existed, because the AFC East sucked. And so, yeah, it's it's cool to make the playoffs whenever the teams around you are dog shit. But if the Buccaneers want to do anything this year, they just have to be better, plain and simple. And I think Brady has to lead that front because you can't have the cake and eat it too at this point. Your marriage <laughs> is falling apart. Uh, you're not seeing your kids as often. Might as well go out and win the damn thing, you know? So Yeah, and they play the Panthers next week, and the Panthers are just awful. Like, and I also say it awful. To to be fair, the Bucks are in a weird position this year as well, due to the fact that this is their first year without Bruce Arians. And Bruce Arians is a borderline Hall of Fame coach with the resume that he accumulated over his time in Arizona, Indianapolis, and then Tampa Bay. It's Byron Leftwich's first year ever being a head coach. So yeah. Mike Tomlin, it's 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 just a disparity. I don't I don't know how to tell you about it, but in games like this, whenever it's that close, if and the teams can be vastly different, but coaching matters. And mm-hmm. congrats to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, is there a quarterback controversy? Probably not. Hopefully Pickett does not no, go down the I, Mason Rudolph of concussion history. Yeah, I, I'm just going to end that narrative like right now where I stand. Kenny Pickett should still start games. Yeah. It, it's, it's not particularly close. We already saw Mitch for three and a half, four games and he has one good performance and you want to start him back up. If Kenny Pickett's hurt, we've already had controversy about concussions all fucking year long. Let's not get into this again, especially in the kid's first year as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. If he's hurt and he's concussed, keep him out. If yep. he's not, have him start a game. Simple 100%. as that. I, I, I give up on the Falcons. I really, I really just don't get it. This is more on the Niners than it is the Falcons. I'm going to be 100% honest. This Niners team is incredibly hurt, like historically hurt. Their injury sheet looks like a fucking second-team All-Pro. Like, they lost uh, Jimmy Ward. He played, like, for the first time in almost a year. He's out with a hand issue. Emmanuel Mosley took a pick six back last week and then tore his ACL later in the game. Nick Bosa has been out for two straight weeks. This team cannot stay healthy. Uh, it's one step forward and two steps back. And the fact that this offense is able to put up 14 points, uh, it's commendable. Uh, kudos to their coaching staff and kudos to the talent of the players. They just went into, it felt like a trap game from the start. Atlanta is not bad. They're not good either, but they're far from terrible. They proved that last year whenever they kept winning games that they really shouldn't have. Arthur Smith is a decent offensive mind and Marcus Mariota is just chomping at the bit to put up points. He's been sitting behind quarterbacks for the last five years. Here's the thing about Atlanta. And, like, it's easy for us to sit here and be like, oh, hit that by accident. Um, It's easy for us to sit here and be like, oh, tank. Tank for this guy. Tank for this guy. You know, nobody outside of the Miami Dolphins tell their head coach to tank. So, like, Arthur Smith is going to go out there and he's going to try and win games. But what is the point they're not a good enough team to make the playoffs, let alone yeah. win a game in the playoffs. So what is the point of having Marcus Mariota at this point instead of just throwing Desmond Ritter out there? At this Especially, point, the Falcons are tied for the lead in the NFC South. 
sure, so that's going to give him confidence enough to keep playing. But in the end, when we're recapping week 18, they're going to be near the bottom. They're probably going to be third if unless the Saints continue to be I think, beat up. I think the Saints are cooked. Jameis is dealing with a back issue, and I don't trust him to be fully healthy for the rest of this year. I think back issues are incredibly scary. Like, personally, I think the problem with the Falcons is this is a team that is Matt Ryan was MVP in 2016. So that's six years out, seven years out from the best season they've ever had. Uh, and that Super Bowl loss to Tom Brady. Uh, it's it, it's tough. This team is far closer to contending than it is from bottoming out. And that's also sure. a problem on the front office from not just selling off and bottoming out. They have been in the NFL's version of purgatory. And in a season where like everybody's kind of in purgatory, I think this is one year where the Falcons can say, let it ride. Because I don't think they're going to be as bad as the teams that are fighting for C.J. Stroud or even Bryce Young. They are probably akin to a top 10 pick if they bought them out this year, but not in the top five. They're not that bad. And so... Well, and all they got for Matt Ryan was a third-round pick. To be fair, all you could get from Matt Ryan over the first three weeks of the season is probably a sixth-round pick. So True. And they're without Calvin They Ridley. held on too long. That's that. That's the thing with yeah. the Atlanta Falcons. They held on too long to the prime that they had for they, – they held on two years too long to both of their biggest assets. And it's why they're in this position now, why they have to basically try and win. Because they're not stacked at first-round picks. They can't just keep going at it and saying, well, we're stacking the picks like Seattle, the New York Jets. That sold off as high as they possibly could. And Seattle could have gotten more for us two years ago. But I digress. It, the, the Falcons looked in the mirror and just didn't acknowledge the problem. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, who did they even take this year? They took Desmond Ritter. It took Drake London. Oh, yeah. Drake London. So you got Drake added London Ritter. next year. You'll have uh, Calvin Ridley back. Calvin Ridley. You don't really have running backs. Well, Their defense Carl, also sucks. Like Outside um, of AJ uh, Terrell, yeah. AJ Terrell and let me find his name. Uh, I know. Uh, ah. AJ I mean, Terrell. Cordero Patterson is a is a solid running back for over the past like sixteen games or whatever it is, but th- this team just they're going to just be stuck in this forever cycle of just not being good enough. Because Grady Jarrett, defense. Grady attack. Jarrett, yeah. Grady. Well, okay. they also added Casey Hayward. This is a defense that improved over the offseason, for lack of better terms. But I, why? Because the thing is. You know how Buffalo did this thing where they got better and better and kind of waited out an old bastard in their division, i.e. Tom Brady? The Falcons did that with Drew Brees to a certain extent. And now it's Tom Brady because after Tom Brady's gone, it's Kyle Trask. There's a window of opportunity. The Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills all did it with young quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota isn't... He's not much older. Like I get it. He's not but a he's, spring chicken. He's he's twenty eight. Marcus Mariota is twenty eight years old. You know how old Josh Allen is? Twenty six. He's twenty six years old. Hell yeah! I have no idea. So, but, but so like, my, but what I'm saying is, is like, there's there's no there's no direction. They're not good it. enough to win a playoff game, and they're not bad enough to tank out. So you're just yep. gonna be eight and nine for the rest of your lives. 
Well, that's why they hired Arthur Smith. Fair. If, you, if you're looking for a direction, you don't hire a coordinator for a team that doesn't have a direction besides the second round exit. It, the Falcons are average, and sometimes it's okay to be average. The NFL just ha- this is this is an example of the ownership group wanting to sell jerseys, wanting to put butts in seats, and not really caring about Super Bowl contention. That that window that that window has ended. That ship has sailed. I'm honestly just thinking in terms of this Falcons core and the Falcons moving forward, they should look towards uh, Marcus Mariota as the bridge. And I don't think having a bridge quarterback is that bad. And they have Desmond Ritter already. So if it does take a turn, they can totally put him out there. But to just shut the window on what this team could be, whenever Kyle Pitts has been incredibly inefficient, whenever you don't have Calvin Ridley, because the worst thing they can do is give the keys to Ritter, find out he's dog shit, lose all of the faith in Mariota and come into next year with a loaded offense and say, damn, we don't have a quarterback. Because if you give Mariota weapons, we've seen him do it multiple times. He led Tennessee to playoff wins. And they're a handful of they're, – they're a good draft away from being in the same situation as I would believe the New York Giants. But you do have four quarterbacks going into this draft that you could, you could go get if you had a good pick. This team is – this team is better off getting better on defense than drafting a quarterback. The commanders are better off drafting a quarterback than grabbing a bigger piece on the defense. Teams yeah. are at different stages, and that, that that's the point. Yeah. And Mar- signing Marcus Mariota was their next best move. He was arguably the, the uh, cream of the crop of the free agent class besides Jameis. Like, this free agent class for quarterbacks was really interesting because you had a lot of talented guys in a window of time that we hadn't seen in a long time. So, I don't know. I like Marcus. It'll be bad. It'll be better. It, it's going to fluctuate, but the, this Falcons team could be doing something in the near future. Yeah. Niners, they're beat up. They play KC next week, so it's going to be tough for them. They could be three and four. They could easily lose to KC next week. They're just beaten to hell. They're going to lose they really to KC. Okay. I don't okay. I don't guarantee things, but if Kansas City loses to the, uh, loses to the Niners, I'm going to be incredibly impressed by the uh, defense out there. Now, Devin, I have a question for you. Yep. The fuck is this? What it? What is this? This is an ass whipping. Aaron Rodgers got yeah. ass kicked by Sauce Gardner and a lot of other dudes. Barice Hall is that guy? This, this isn't something Doctor Joe Rogan can fix. Zach Wilson threw for 110 yards. This is what the Bears wish they were. Like, genuinely. The Jets are who the Bears the Jets are who the Bears think they are. <laughs> it's, it's it's true. Brees Hall had 116 yards and a touchdown. Braxton Berrios had a touchdown. They're letting the dudes play, man. This Jets team has been building for a long time. And I don't like their quarterback. I really don't like the quarterback. I don't think I've liked the quarterback. You know what moms do. Since and that's all that matters. C.J. Mosley, uh, Quinnen Williams, Jordan Whitehead, the other Michael Carter. You've got a really decent defense out here. Sauce Gardner's one of the best rookie corners we've seen since Patrick Sertain. I know. Holy shit, it's been a year. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> corners are just good now. Like, NFL like NFL first-round corners tend to translate. Stingley's doing it. J.C. Horn's finally healthy. Corner is a very easy position to translate to the NFL. Unless you're Jeff Okuda, it takes a couple of years. Um, but – they seem to hit far more than they don't. They also added Jermaine Johnson to this defense. 
Quan Alexander is on this defensive linebacker. I get it. He's not who he used to be. But this Jets defense is really good. And this Packers offense is the worst it's been. Oh, God, it's so since bad. Since Jordy Nelson first retired. Like, the, the Packers are the most fortunate franchise of the last 25 years. And I am not kidding. Hell, the last 30. You went from Brett Favre and Sterling Sharp <clears throat> to Brett Favre, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver. From Brett Favre and them to Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver. When those two phased out, you got fucking Randall Cobb. Whenever Jordy Nelson said, I'm hanging up the cleats, who would have thunk it? Devontae Adams. And the front office got complacent. Whenever Devontae was that, because the thing was, the Packers had like three guys consistently through over the last 20 years. Three pass catchers that could arguably start on half of the rosters in the league. For the last half decade, it's been Devontae Adams and replacement level dudes. As soon as Cobb was no longer Randall Cobb, it was Devontae and the Adamses. They let go of MVS and they said, we can replace him with Christian Watson. That's a move that was too cheeky for anybody to believe in. Well, Watson didn't have the hands in college. He has the speed and the intangibles, but he's a gadget guy. And then we're looking at Romeo Dobbs as the savior of this offense. I don't mean to be mean, but he's not that guy. And if Alan Lazard couldn't beat out MBS, who's to say he's a true wide receiver one? Seriously. The Packers should have been in on Christian Kirk, if I'm going to be completely honest. they I'm sure they took a swing at Mike Williams. But Christian Kirk signed for ungodly money. And they're already paying. It's just – it's I, calling it one step forward and two steps back is just dumb because the Packers are just walking this team back to the brink of extinction. Rodgers could retire after this year. I know he has money on his contract, but he's done everything. He's a three-time MVP. He has a Super Bowl. What else does he have to prove? And if Rodgers retires, congrats, Jordan Love. You will be the first Packers quarterback that's been worse off than his predecessor since Brett Favre was on the Falcons. So Green Bay needs to figure it out. My, Matt LaFleur needs to figure it out. This is the most bleak outlook I've had for a 3-3 three and three team in a while. Well, because I don't know how it gets better. And the well, defense. They've, they've the only defense lost three games every year. So at this point, you can only believe that they're going to win out. And the Chargers did not get it on fourth down. It's Why fine. Are you, uh, I guess fine. Hopkins is hurt. So Hopkins' leg is hurt. It's 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 fine. So, I won't I won't get on him about that call because Hopkins is basically dead at this point. So you're kind of uh, stuck going for it. But oh, homeboy didn't even have a handful of jersey. That sucks. Um, and a part of the thing too is they have AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, and they and they have no fucking run game. They have you're no paying Aaron Jones top tier money to get nine carries a week. It's just. Terrible usage, and their defense has to get better. Well, the thing is, too, is like I get it. They're probably a negative game script at some point, but Robert Tanyan led this team with 10 catches. The next guy who had who who was second in catches, Alan Lazard with four. Robert Tanyan outpaced Alan Lazard by six catches. Robert Tanyan got 90 yards. I like Robert Tanyan. He's cool. But for him to catch double what Alan Lazard is... That's insane. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. That's not going to win games. They got they got their heads kicked in in Lambo by the Jets. The Jets are four and two. Yeah, it's it, it's it's crazy. Um, this Packers defense should be one of the best in football. I, I was openly talking about this defense having the opportunity at being one of the better units in football. They've been terrible downright bad 
And it's not the talent on that side of the ball. Devondre Campbell was one of the best linebackers in football last year. Adrian Amos got inked after the year he had. Rashawn Gary's a solid player. Quay Walker, one of the top-rated linebackers in last year's draft. You have I could, I could list the names, and it just does not make sense. Jair Alexander, one of the best corners in football. You still have Preston Smith. I just can't make sense of it. Devin, so, the New York Jets went one for 11 on third down. Yeah. The Packers went four for 16. The Jets got less first downs. They ran less plays. They got more sacks. They punted the same amount of times. They had The Jets had more penalty yards, but the the Packers lost a fumble. The Packers had more time of possession. It Packers feels like we're back to – I feel like we're back to the Packers that were getting their heads kicked in by the Niners. They can't stop the run. They gave almost 200 yards on the ground. Do we think they ever left? True. True. Like, it's – LaFleur needs to figure it out because he's only lost three games every season his entire career. So they have to win out or else it's going to be a down year for LaFleur. So he's, he's, he's not a good un, look. He's in uncharted territory. Yes. Vikings are 5-1. Skylar Thompson got knocked out. Luckily, I didn't game. know Teddy Bridgewater was available. So when I heard Skylar Thompson was out, I was like, so wait, who's quarterback at this point? Tyreek? Like, are we just going back to the Wildcat days? No, yeah, was, Teddy Bridgewater was available. I did not start Jalen Waddle in a single league besides the one that I had to because I thought Skylar Thompson was quarterback and I will lose matchups because of that thought. God, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Killer quarterback proof unless you're Skylar Thompson. Literally both of them had over 100. Teddy Bridgewater threw yards. for 329 yards. They had no yeah. run game. Raheem Mostert carried the ball 14 times for 39 yards, but Tyreek Hill, 12 catches, 177 yards. Jalen Waddle, six catches, 129 yards. Mike Gesicki was doing the gritty on everybody, six catches for 69 yards and two touchdowns. So everyone remembers that Mike Gesicki exists now. Um, yeah. But the Dolphins team, they need to a back. It's pretty obvious at this point um, that that's what makes it go. Um, obviously the Vikings are a good football team. They've done very well. Kirk Cousins didn't have the best day. He went 20 for 30, 175 and two touchdowns, but Dalvin Cook 13 carries for 77 yards and a touchdown. Justin Jefferson got 107 yards. Adam Thielen got his weekly touchdown. So there's that. So the biggest thing that I've thought with this Vikings team, well, I, we said it before the year started, Austin, the Vikings got the biggest upgrade of their team this off season and firing, uh, Mike Zimmer, I forget yeah. his name now. Kevin O'Connell is the biggest upgrade coach to coach this offseason had. Uh, Mike Zimmer was terrible. And the beautiful part of the Kevin O'Connell offense and the defense they have upgraded with is Kirk doesn't have to play outside of himself. Kirk Cousins is good enough to lead a playoff team. We don't know if Kirk Cousins is good enough to win a Super Bowl, but if the defense can produce less than 20 a week, and Justin Jefferson's that guy. And if Dalvin Cook can find you the end zone at least once, you can compete with anybody. And they're 5-1, and one, and I think they are going to win this division. I genuinely think the Vikings, unless there is a collapse or injuries start piling up, it's theirs to lose. And I don't think it's going to be close. I think the Packers if are going to have a tough time making they it They get games. the Packers in Minnesota. They already beat them in Lambeau, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, They um, could drop so they, one to the Packers, and they still have a game lead on them. Yeah, because I mean, if they sweep if they sweep the season series, that is the Packers. 
that's that's all they really need to do at this point. I feel like if they can beat the Packers once, that's it because they'll hold that tiebreaker because virtually they hold a three game lead over them right now. They're getting a little stressed over there. I just thought if they were going to count that as a fumble and then Mike Boone was going to get a first down. Mike like, Boone's going to take it all the way. <laughs> I am so frustrated with this game right now because Melvin Gordon is not seeing the field and I don't understand why. Latavius Murray, baby, here we go. Yeah, that's that's completely passed. But yeah, I think once Tua comes back, they play the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. I think the Dolphins will be fine. Obviously, yeah. the Bills are five and one, so they'll probably run away with this division like we thought they were going to. Uh, but I think Miami can still stay in it for sure. They obviously have the talent. Yeah, no. Oh, this was a fun one. Uh, PJ Walker didn't throw a ball past the line of scrimmage. Was Robbie Anderson right for what he did? No, but is he wrong? Why are you booing me? I'm Panthers, right. The Panthers suck. The Panthers are terrible. Panthers terrible. Christian, Christian McCaffrey is the best player in the state of Carolina right now. Like, it's in Jacob Eason threw the ball for almost as many yards as PJ Walker, and he threw the ball five times. It's bad. It is extremely bad. Do you see? The, pa- the, the Panthers are what the, you think the Falcons should do. The Panthers are in DEFCON. Holy shit, we need a quarterback. And it sucks because the guy they drafted last year, he's done for the year with a Liz Frank injury. So they can't bring in the young guy. It's Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker, or now Jacob Eason. Panthers suck. They're the worst team in football. Robbie Anderson, congratulations. You've been freed of your shackles. Welcome. He went from one struggling starting quarterback from Oklahoma to a better version of that in Kyler Murray. I don't think the struggles in Carol in, in Arizona are Kyler's fault. I don't like Cliff Cliff Kingsbury. Matthew Stafford is opening his bakery. It's called Matt's Turnovers. It's open every week. Um, this week it didn't matter because the Panthers are a CFL team. Uh, Daryl Henderson, congratulations. Cam Akers got shipped to Alaska. It is both of these teams suck. The Rams are one of my least favorite three and three teams in football. They're better than the Packers. Um, are they better than the Niners? Depends on the week you ask me. Jimmy Garoppolo is Matthew Stafford light right now. Like the NFL is full of so many just average teams right now. And average is a really mean. It is word such a use. weird season. It is it's so the, fucking weird. Allen Robinson's alive. I almost added him in a league before waivers were going to start. I regret not doing it because, you know, my uh, bench situation from this weekend was not anything to laugh at. Zero points in my flex and zero points everywhere else on the bench. Um, I, I had to start Michael Gallup because my bench was absolutely annihilated. The fact that the Rams allowed 10 points to this Panthers offense is downright embarrassing. Um, <laughs> well, one was a pick six. So realistically, they gave up three points to the Panthers. Fa- fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um, both. Of, I, I, I have little faith in both of these teams moving forward. I know Matt Rule just got fired, but fire Matt Rule. Like, fire Matt Rule. Fire everybody. The front office, the interim coach, everybody on the staff. Fire everyone because it stinks of mediocrity in Carolina, and they need to. You're also you're also everything. not giving multiple first round picks for Christian McCaffrey. So that, no way. Sh- no, I, um, I don't know who's. They already said Hassan Reddick and Burns aren't going to start or aren't uh, on the trade block. So it'll be. Oh, that's a bad pick. That hurts. The Chargers might have recovered oh. and fumbled it. Fuck. Okay, whatever. Jeez. That hurts. 
This game is that wild. Hurts. That's not even Herbert's fault. She got deflected like three times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I both the Broncos. <laughs> Sorry to everybody uh, listening. It's <laughs> the Chargers on Monday night are never good for me. Congratulations, CJ Stroud. You are a Carolina Panther. Yep. It's as simple as that. I don't know what to make of this game. I really don't. It started on time because the Mariners got swept in 18 innings. Um, so that made sense. That was a weird Saturday. And then it just made for a weirder Sunday. The Cardinals put up nine points. What? What is what? I don't understand. Fire Cliff Kingsbury. It, like, he has this weird thing of like, he starts really hot and then he ends really bad. And now he's not even starting hot. Now his schemes just suck. He's always sucked. But, like, at what point do we find... This isn't even, like, a Call of Duty joke for Kyler Murray at this point. Just fire Cliff Kingsbury. Like, they traded for Robbie Anderson today because uh, Marquise Brown is going to be out for up to six weeks, maybe even more. They get D-Hop back this week, so they're going to run out D-Hop, Robbie Anderson, Rondale Moore, and A.J. Green. You know, Benjamin was the lead back this week because Connor and Darrell Williams are out. I just... I was high on Kyler this year. I thought the Cardinals were going to be able to actually make some noise. And they put up nine against the Seahawks. Kyler rushed for 100 yards on 10 carries. He threw for 222 yards. He threw a pick, but he was the leading rusher by a lot. Zach Ertz had seven catches for 70 yards. Geno Smith didn't even have that great of a game, and he was QB5 in fantasy football. What is going on? Um... Like I told you earlier in the uh, context of uh, coach versus coach, Cliff Kingsbury isn't an NFL head coach. He's 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 just not good enough. His his offense is cool to look at. The schemes are interesting to think about, but in practice they suck. Um, yeah, he's down DeAndre Hopkins. He's also down the ghost of AJ Green. Uh, AJ Green played, but you'd be surprised whenever I told you it didn't matter. Um, he has no running backs besides Eno Benjamin, and the defense sucks. Buda Baker and uh, J.J. Watt's Band-Aids have been holding this defense together for a couple of years. The Cardinals, I know I've been saying average a lot this season, were a team that went from a, a, an average unit last year to below average, and I think everybody was just reluctant to admit that they are below average. I do not like the Cardinals. I love Kyler Murray. I think Kyler's in a really bad spot with this front office and with his head coach. Um, Cliff Kingsbury has failed upward everywhere he has gone. He is a conventionally attractive white male that operates in the National Football League. You, you want to know something about Cliff he has Kingsbury? A cool house. He produces on a level when he has elite quarterback talent. It's the same reason why I didn't like the Nathaniel Hackett move. It's the same reason why I just don't enjoy teams investing insanely high coaching capital on coaches that are coordinators to prolific quarterbacks. So I thought Patricia didn't work out. That's why I hate Josh McDaniels. Yeah, everything's fine and dandy whenever the coordinator has the third best quarterback ever or the best quarterback in football. Like, show me somebody that's able to cultivate an NFL caliber offense with a fucking average quarterback. Like, please. Yeah. That's what makes Sean, that's what made Sean McFay so special. It's what makes Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan. The scheme is not the quarterback, the scheme is the scheme. Kingsbury got an NFL job on the back of Patrick Mahomes doing insane shit in college. And I will not 
ever move off of that hill. And he has kept his job because Kyler Murray does insane things on a weekly basis. And he did, he did enough insane things last year to make the playoffs, which gave him some cushion. But you took a team their from heads a, kicked in. You took a team that was barely good enough to make a wild card and gave your quarterback an elite extension. Kyler's worth most of that money. Don't get me wrong. I think he's one of the more talented players the league has at his size. The things he can do is just mind-boggling. But this team is capped out. You've got the quarterback, yeah. but you need to sell off a lot of this. Cliff can't be the coach next year. you got to get rid of J.J. Buda Baker probably has to go because they have to get younger and they have to get deeper. Because it's one thing whenever you're the Rams and you don't give a shit about first-round picks and your quarterback's older and your window is right now. The Cardinals' window can be the next five years. I... It, it's it's tough. It's tough to look at Kyler Murray, give him the money, and say, hey, we're going to suck for a while. This is what happened in Houston. This is exactly what happened in Houston. And yep. it sucks to see it happen in, like, real time. But two, three years from now, if Kyler Murray's asking for a trade, do not be surprised. The Cardinals are not oh, good. Oh, slightest. That'd be, that'd be crazy. And, like I said earlier, in a game where the teams aren't super far apart talent-wise, coaching wins out. Pete Carroll, for all the shit we gave him over the last two, three years, his team's three and three. Game talks. Uh, you give yeah. elite receivers a competent quarterback. Odds are it works out. Does and that Kenneth mean Walker, Sean McDermott is better than Andy Reid? No, actually, no, <laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> the Bills are just the Bills came into Arrowhead and beat a team without the Chiefs' second corner and I believe one of their other secondary pieces. So the Chiefs were not at one hundred percent. I know this is the whole thing. Well. Blah, blah, blah. The Bills beat – the Bills lost to the Dolphins. They weren't at 100%. Health is a factor in any given week. You can't blame a team losing based upon health. That's not oh, what I can't wait do. to talk about health next. I can't wait. The Chiefs are a great team, but they're a, an even better team whenever they don't turn the ball over. Mahomes gave up two possessions with two picks, and they lost by four. This game is effectively on Mahomes, and it shouldn't matter. Um, yeah. The AFC West is just busy beating the shit out of each other, um, regardless of how you look at it. Um, Chiefs' biggest threat in their division is, is the Chargers. Because I, even with the Broncos leading in this game, I can't have faith in Nathaniel Hackett. The Bills are the best team in the AFC until proven otherwise. The Chiefs have a higher upside, and I trust them more because they have this. What's the correct term for it? I've seen them do it multiple mm-hmm. times, and so I, the Chiefs made mistakes. The Bills didn't. That's how it goes. The last time yeah. both teams didn't make mistakes, the Chiefs came out in an absolute barn burner. So if the Bills, Bills the Bills the defense, battle, the their Bills defense got better possession this year. battle. Yeah, the Bills ran more plays. They were the same on third down, um, but the Bills got more first downs. They got more total yards. They had one less passing yard. They had way more rushing yards. And Devin Singletary was heavily involved. And he ate up the clock and he tore up the defense a little bit because Casey's running defense is not good. Not good. For once, Josh Allen wasn't the leading rusher. Devin Singletary got 17 carries for 85 yards. Josh yep. Allen got 12, 12 carries, a hurdle, and 32 yards. Um, but yeah, it, in the end, between these two teams, it is the turnover battle. And Mahomes, forget the first interception, the second one is what mattered the most because you were ready to drive down, you get a touchdown, you win the game. But what you do, you turn the ball over when it mattered the most, and that's it. It's, yeah. it's as simple as that. Yeah, this, the, the Bills' defense is improved in general as well. Um, 
I will give them the benefit of the doubt because Tredavious White did not play in this matchup. It's just going to be difficult moving forward to think about um, they're going to see each other again. And if, if they if the Bills won the coin flip this time, they're even. But Mahomes doesn't stay even. The only guy that's gotten the best of him so far in his career is Tom Brady. But Brady had to flee the conference in order to settle that score. So, yeah. I picked the Bills. I'm happy they won. But speaking of picking things, um, Dak Prescott didn't play. And the Eagles won, like I said. Go off, Austin. I want to hear you sing your song. I have zero... I- I picked the Cowboys last week, but during the week, we weren't going to win this football game. The Eagles are the best team we've played all year, because at this point, they're probably better than the Bucks. And Cooper Rush has been riding the back of the defense. The only problem I have with this game, here's where I have the problem, because... Let, let's be honest. I, I said it on Twitter. I said, any Cowboys fan who is hyping Cooper Rush into this, set yourselves up to get trash talked. You set yourselves up. You did it yourself. I nev- at no point have I hyped up Cooper Rush. He, he's won. Cool. But he hasn't. There's Cooper Rush and there's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, they both have been winning, but Jimmy Garoppolo is just flat out better than Cooper Rush. Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback for a reason. Cooper Rush is a backup running back or quarterback for a reason. Yeah. Last name Rush. He should be a running back. The problem that I have is what this game created in narratives. It created Eagles fans saying, we exposed your defense. Yeah, when you're put in good spots with three picks and going for our own 30, you're going to put up points. Big shock. Not surprised. You were We, we had CeeDee Lamb wide open and Cooper Rush underthrew him and got picked off. The Eagles were put in multiple good spots multiple times. No shit you're going to put up points against the Dallas Cowboys, no matter how elite the defense is. Oh, well, we uh, made Micah Parsons look stupid. No, you made Micah Parsons the only guy on the side of a field in an RPO. Jesus Christ couldn't stop that play. Because if Micah commits to Jalen Hurts, throws A.J. Brown. If he commits to A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts runs. There is literally no winning in that scenario when you're by yourself. And if you watch most of those plays, my, it was Hertz, Micah, A.J. Brown. That's it. That was all that was on that side of the field. The Eagles executed their RPOs perfectly and made Micah Parsons commit. And he committed to Jalen Hurts every time. But it just doesn't matter where he commits it anyways. Lane Johnson's a great fucking tackle. The Eagles have one of the best lines in the league. Yeah, Lane Johnson kept Micah Parsons back. Good for him. He's a great line. He should hold him back. But the problem is the the, the narratives that it creates. Like Eagles are six and zero. You can revel in your six and zero. You deserve it. You're six and zero. You're the only undefeated team in the league for the past three weeks. Enjoy winning. It's fucking great winning. But to say that you absolutely exposed the defense and did all this and that, it's. I'm not saying we lost because we played Cooper Rush. I'm not going to pull out these excuses. We lost. We lost by nine points. It's just that these narratives are created now. It's like, well, the defense is bad. No, the defense is put in terrible spots. Every defense is going to look dog shit when your team goes for it on their own 30 and doesn't get it. I would love to start with the ball on the opponent's 30. That's three free points easily. We get Dak back against the Detroit Lions next week. I'm tired of playing this game. 
of oh well Dak looks skittish Dak looks, I, I argued with somebody because I was like we had no I had no confidence going against the Eagles and, the, and he was like well I hadn't no confidence against the Bucks, so stalemate. It's like, okay, so you had no confidence going into a week one game. You just suck as a as a fan. It, that's that's just that simple. We took Tampa Bay to the brink last year, and then you have no confidence going into week one of this year against the same exact team. You just suck. Like, if you're watching, you know who you are. You just suck. It, it's it's that it's that plain and simple. Fans drive me nuts at times with the narratives that they create because they just want to be right. They want they just want to be right. Like, oh, I, I have to be right because in this situation, my team did better. We lost. There's no excuses. Cooper rushed through three picks. Three picks. That fucking sucks. Eagles won the turnover battle. Eagles run the run game. They won the passing game. They won every facet of the ball. They won the game. That's what happened. We move on to week seven. Eagles have the bye. We play the Lions. If we look bad against the Lions, I'm going to have some problems. If we look bad against the worst defense in the league, I'm going to be extremely concerned. The Eagles and the Cowboys are the same team, just packaged in a different way. Uh, you have whenever Dak is healthy. I digress. This this Cowboys defense is the best in football. Uh, the Niners were the Niners are hurt. Um, this Cowboys defense at full steam. Whenever everybody else, like the Cowboys were one B, the Niners have been one A. With the injuries to this Niners defense, the Cowboys are now de facto the best defense in football. I don't think it is an overstatement to tell you they are the best defense in football. Micah Parsons could have won Defensive Player of the Year as a rookie. That doesn't happen. Uh, We also see with this defense, Trevon Diggs having incredible impacts in the secondary, regardless of the home run ability that he possesses. His coverage is getting better. I digress. Cooper Rush is not a starting quarterback. He never was. He arguably may never will be. That's not the Cowboys' fault. The Eagles are the Cowboys with the better offensive line and a deeper roster. It's just the way that that works. I expected the Eagles to win because they should. They have all the momentum in the world. The Cowboys are on their second-string quarterback. They're working in their number two receiver. The Cowboys are making things work with a less-than-stellar setup at the current moment. And the uh, huge flag. I'm going to get back to what I was saying. And <laughs> the, uh, the the Eagles are just the healthiest team at the best time this season. They're playing in a division that is overachieving. Uh, the commanders suck. They're two and four, which is insane to think about. Uh, the Giants are incredible to start the year. But to sit here and say that the Cowboys are third in their division at four and two with no Dak Prescott for the first four weeks of the year or for the first six weeks of the year, I think that's a win. Because whenever Dak comes back, I think this team is easily the second-best team in the division, regardless of what Brian DeBole and the Giants do. The biggest problem you have is what's going to happen once Dak is back. If you guys are going to call plays and scheme in the way that you are with Cooper Rush with Dak Prescott, I don't know if there's many teams that can beat you with the defense you possess. And that's the thing, too, right? It's just a completely different game for Kellen Moore calling for Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott because – Cooper Rush can't take shots. He took a shot on a wide-open CD Lamb and missed it. Dak hits that 10 times out of 10. I feel like I could hit that 5 times out of 10. Yeah. It's just a different ball game. There is no big playability with Cooper Rush. At least Dak can heave the ball downfield if he needs to take a shot to CD or Gallup or something like that. And Cooper Rush hasn't looked towards Dalton Schultz. Granted, Dalton Schultz didn't play last night. 
but Dalton Schultz hasn't been a factor, and he was a huge factor for Dak last year. It's just a completely different game with two different quarterbacks, and Cooper Rush isn't even averaging 200 yards a game. He's barely, I think he's barely averaging 150 yards a game. And he was winning games because his defense is very fucking good and he didn't turn over the ball. And what game did he lose? The game he returned over the ball. That's exactly how this game was supposed to go. Yeah, the, every when, You know how on, on Sunday Night Football they go through the guys? Like, let's look at the defense. Every time an Eagles defensive player came up, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, God. Oh, God. Like, I saw Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox. Darius Slay, James Bradbury, CJ Gardner Johnson. Like I'm looking at this defense and I'm like, this, this, this defense is stacked. Yep. This Eagles, Eagles defense is the real team. deal. Yeah. That's the thing. I was like, for me at this point, you guys just lack the upside that the Eagles currently possess on offense. And that was the deciding factor. You did not have someone that can turn the game on its head and, and make plays that are going to alter the outcome in a big way. <laughs> Big, big missed opportunity there. But no, um, the Eagles and Cowboys are far closer than people are going to give it credit for. The Eagles are the hottest team in football. They're arguably the best team in football. They're 6-0. There's a reason for that. Jalen Hurts has made improvements in a way that we haven't seen so far in his young career. He only threw for 155 yards. So they are incredibly efficient. And I think the biggest thing that you guys are going to have to overcome is Mike McCarthy at the end of the season because Nick Sirianni – Nick Sirianni can coach. I talked my shit last year and everyone was like, who should be the coach of the year? Talking like Brandon Staley finished the same record in the tougher division. What the hell are we talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. But right. yeah, it's, it's tough. Let's get these predictions out and let's get on out of here. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> so you can stress out a little bit more. Cardinal Saints. The actual Give first... Me- Good Thursday night football game in a while. Give, Hopefully, give me the card. Give, give me the Cardinals. The Saints are hemorrhaging. Tyron Matthew looks like he's going to retire after this year with how bad he's played. And Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> needs a winner, or else he's going to be homeless. Yeah, it, it's the Cardinals for me. the The Saints are just too beat up. They're not going to be able to put up a ton of offense. And even if they do, I feel like Kyler can catch back up, even though he looked terrible against the Seahawks. Um, it's Dennis Allen versus Dustin Hopkins, dude, on one dude. leg. I will give him my leg. I don't care. <laughs> Dustin, I'm I'm buying a Hopkins jersey. I don't give a shit. After this game, dude, Hopkins is the – after Nate Kading and years of just fucking Badgley and just – he's literally falling down after every kick, Austin. <laughs> Somebody get this man a beer. Oh my Packers, God. commanders. Packers, not an idiot. They can't lose to two rookie quarterbacks back-to-back times. And yes, Zach Wilson's really not a rookie quarterback. Zach Wilson's really not a rookie can't. quarterback by nature, but by skill he is. <laughs> I'm also backers. Browns, Ravens. Give me the Ravens, dude. The Browns cannot beat the Ravens. The Br- so the Browns are three and three. The Ravens are three and three. Yeah, uh, right? the Browns are two and four. And the Ravens yeah, the are three Ra- and three. The Ravens cannot draw even with Cleveland and have no. the uh, Bengals take sole possession of the division. Not this early. Because if that happens, I don't see a window where the Ravens are going to uh right that ship. They have to they, they have to start asserting themselves. Yeah, I'm picking the Ravens too. Uh Bucks Panthers. Bucks. Give me Christian. I'm kidding. Uh not Christian McCaffrey. Um yeah, give me the Bucks. I think it's gonna be ugly. I think Brady's pissed. I think his offensive line is just looking at the playbook now. 
in silence. I was even going to say, like, you don't even need Christian McCaffrey at Boston Eckler. Like, you're not even a running back needy team. Yep. Falcons, Bengals. The Bengals. They are Bengals. Uh, they're starting to find their groove, which scares me because they found their groove and they were a really tough team to beat last year. I, I a saw lucky, AJ Terrell got A fortunate hurt. team, but I'm not going to give them the, the full credit. I don't know the health of AJ Terrell, but if AJ Terrell is out and not able to cover Jamar Chase, it's going to be a long day. AJ Terrell can't cover three receivers, so if he's, cover, <laughs> if he's if he's going to cover Jamar Chase, I expect Higgins to have like two scores. Even if Lions, he's playing, Cowboys. Like, I want to pick the Lions because Dan Campbell's cool, <laughs> Dak's back, and if Mike McCarthy loses to the Lions and it's not on Thanksgiving, give me the cow. Just give me the Cowboys. I think it would be dumb to pick against them. They just went toe to toe with one of the best teams in football, albeit in a comeback type scenario. The, the the Dallas offense without Dak Prescott is like bottom half of the league. Whenever Dak Prescott plays efficiency wise, they're top ten consistently. So this is probably the best we've seen out of Dallas so far this year. And the Lions are the worst defense in football. So yes, that that is the biggest thing for me is that I feel like Dak has the perfect game to come back and get right. He can take shots. Jeff Okuda is a great cornerback, so he's going to be oops, he's going to be covering Ceedee Lamb. So that'll be interesting to watch. But outside of that, there's just not a whole lot going on there. We have our, our line has played much better. Our running game is strong. Zeke's running a lot harder for some reason. I think he's seen Tony Pollard's burst and got a little spooked. Um, but Tony Pollard's a free agent after the year, anyways. Um, so I think we should be able to win this game for sure, especially with the defense. If, if the Patriots can do what they did to the Lions, I feel like the Cowboys can be just as good. Giants, Jaguars. Giants, give me the Giants. They've proven me wrong every damn week. I'm picking the Giants. The one week I did pick them to win, they lost. So I'm helping you out, my friend. I'm picking the Giants. Um, the Jags could win this game. I'm not going to bet money on the Jags winning this game. Also, Latavius Murray rushing for 12 yards in 2022. Make it make sense. <laughs> Pain. Um, but yeah, no, I, w- I will take I will take uh, the Giants over the Jags. I think Dable has something cooking up there that's really scary. It's got to be Jaguars. the Jaguars. Okay. We're going to do this I'm, too. I'm, I'm going to let Brian Dable prove me wrong for the umpteenth time. I'm going to let him do it. He's going to do it to me. I know he's going to do it to me, but I just, in good faith, can't do it. I love the Jaguars. I hate the Giants. The Giants are such a damn good team right now. Brian Dable's doing outstanding stuff. He's going to get other people fired around the league. But just let him keep proving me wrong. Colts-Titans. Are we splitting again? I'm picking the Titans. Titans. They're in Tennessee. They're they're just, they, they know how to beat the Colts. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna pick the Titans. I don't think Taylor's back this week. I think I think Even Ryan had a great game, and I just think Jeffrey Simmons is a problem in the middle, and their offensive line has looked better this pe- previous week. The Titans, I picked them to win the division, so yeah, I'll pick the Titans. That's fine. Texans Raiders. Yeah, fucking hate this matchup. How about them Raiders? That's the first time you're ever gonna hear me say that, and the last time because yeah, this game's gonna be. Ugly, probably for the Texans. I think Devontae Adams, until he gets suspended, is going to be on a tear. If he's shoving down <laughs> cameramen, I think he's going to be shoving down corners. So give me the Raiders. They're a better team than the Texans are. And it's Jets not Broncos. I'm picking the Jets. 
Jets are four and two. The Broncos still look like shit on offense. I mean, the Jets. Yeah, I think dude. so. I, I think Sauce Gardner might uh, welcome Russell Wilson to the NFL next week. I, yeah, the Jets are just playing better. Russ mm-hmm. has been like even saying Zach Wilson's been playing worse than Russ is kind of like yeah, but like by how much worse? So yeah, I'd say I'd say give me the Jets. I don't like the Broncos. Nathaniel Hackett just had a waste of timeout. It's kind of in his playbook. Um, Chiefs yeah. and Niners. Chiefs. The Niners are banged up. Jimmy Garoppolo is yeah. still Jimmy. The last time these two these two teams played, it was for a Super Bowl, and the Niners were far healthier, and the Chiefs did have Tyreek Hill. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes has proven that he doesn't really need the number one receiver because Travis Kelsey is the number one receiver. I, I could see like the Niners being able to take over the ground game because KC's defense is not great at holding the ground, but I think they're the from what we saw what the Falcons were able to do to them, the Chiefs should be able to do double that. Um, you can run with whoever you want, but Patrick Mahomes can make up sixty yards in ten seconds. Exactly. Like his his arm does things that other arms just don't do. Seahawks Chargers. Give me the Chargers. I don't care what happens the rest of this game. Herbert's a week healthier. Lindsley hopefully plays. He was sick tonight. Will Clapp is officially out, so we're on the third string center. At some point, they have to get healthier. And, Wilson just got absolutely annihilated. Oh, I'm behind. That's fourth down now, right? Yeah. Wow, Drew Tranquil. I freaking love you. I want to give him a smooch. My man Let's wanted. Go. My man wanted his subway sandwich. Uh, so I'm about picking the Chargers too. Drew Tranquil. Sorry to the fans of the podcast. I probably sound like an idiot this show because I'm 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 in another world. This, Dolphins, this shit's Steelers, terrible. Dolphins. It's Tua's get Dolphins. get right game. TJ Watt's yeah. still out. Minka Fitzpatrick is injured. I'm, I believe this Dolphins team needs a game to win, and this is as good of a game as any. Last but not least, I'm picking the Dolphins too. Uh, last but not least, Patriots Bears. It's the Patriots. Hey, dude, it's, it's Zap Attack. Give me the Patriots. Um, <laughs> I feel bad for Matt Eberflus because he's doing his absolute best job. Like, I think Eberflus has done a better job this season than Cliff Kingsbury has. And that tells you everything in the world. But it's cool to do a great job. But whenever you're going against the guy that's done the best job over the last 20 years, you're not going to win. I think the Pats win by like 15. Uh, yeah. Zappy, Jones, they could start Jacoby Brissett for all I care. Hell, they could. They could call Drew Blood so he could take a snap. This Pats team is just better than the Bears. <laughs> All right. That's it. We're done. We'll let you get to your last two minutes with the with Herbert getting the ball. You just got to get down there with one-legged Hopkins. I would rather uh, just score a touchdown, personally. I, Dustin's <laughs> done, Dustin has done plenty for this team today. I'm going to knock on wood, but so I to cry. Been making shorts during the week, so watch the shorts, comment. Like, subscribe, all that jazz on YouTube. Catch us here every Monday. Catch us during out the week on Twitter, on here. Start sit Sunday mornings. Um, start sits on Thursdays for Send you know on trade Twitter. Questions. Trade questions, anything fantasy, anything football. We're here to talk with you, even if we hate your opinion. Feel um, free to vent just about your fantasy team because you know somebody's got to listen, and we have ears. Yeah, somebody's got Trey Lance, DJ Moore, Kyle Pitts, uh, all that jazz, and is 0-5 right now. Oh, about to be 0-6. Uh, Kyle Pitts had a touchdown, but DJ Moore had, like, two catches for two yards, so never mind. Devin, anything else? 
No, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everybody for tuning in again. We look forward to seeing some familiar faces on Sundays for the start-sit questions because we can't be right all the time, but it feels good to be right some of the time. If that's all from you, Austin, I think I'm ready to give them the final word. But We actually did okay on start-sits. I looked through yeah. our, our answers, and we did fairly well. So, honestly, only, you should just trust us at this point. Yeah, only miss was Waddle, but we didn't expect Skylar Thompson to not play the full game. If Teddy started, I was going to pump Waddle to the moon. Jalen Waddle is that guy. And so, yeah, from the bottom of our hearts to uh, all of our friends and family, if you're a Chargers fan, uh, bolt gang or don't bang. And if you're a Cowboys fan, cope. No, I'm kidding. Welcome back, Dak Prescott. You weed them boys. Uh, As always, catch you guys uh, on Sunday and next Monday. So uh, peace.